We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. We continue to teach tirelessly in season and out of season, and we trust, Father, that your word is quick and powerful. It's able to cut across soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and producing your people as I yielded the results that are fitting for righteousness. That we grow, that we are established, that we are strengthened. That our believing and our faith is not just in speech, but is in action, in attitude, in character, in deed, in doing. That men may see our good works and glorify you, our Father. So tonight again, we afresh open our hearts to receive of your word. But Father, beyond just receiving, help us to be able to be stirred to actually do what we hear. Because only then are we followers. Only then, only then are we disciples. Only then are we sons. Because whatever is of God grows. And growth is by engagement. Growth is by active engagement. So beyond just hearing, Lord, beyond just receiving, beyond just echoing our voices when we hear something that tickles us, we ask that you bring us anyhow you can, anyhow you will, to the point where we do what we hear. Because only then can we work out what you're working in. We yield ourselves, Lord, break us to that point. Break us, drag us to that point in your love, in your mercy. Where our sleep is removed until we obey your word. Drag us to that point where our peace is disquieted until we do what we have heard. Bring us to that point where in your loving kindness, our spirits are ablaze to act upon what we hear in proof of our sonship. Because then everything changes. Everything changes. Break down every wall of obstinacy. Break down every wall of, of resistance. Even resistance is caused by pain. Resistance is caused by heartbreak. Resistance is caused by disappointments. Resistance is caused by betrayal. Resistance is caused by breach of confidentiality and trust. Resistance is caused by failure and, and reproach and shame. Low self-esteem and judgment of people and criticisms. Resistance is caused by even our own excesses and failures and mistakes. Help us to realize that your love is greater. Far-reaching inexhaustible 
And that each time we set our hearts to obey your word, there's the grace to perform it. Each time. You would never see a soul whose heart is set on you and not release grace to help in time of need. You're a good God. So tonight, Lord, you know my heart. Every time I teach your people in this house and beyond, it is that Christ is formed in them. It's that we come into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. It is that you are developed in us in fullness and we play that out for the world to see. It is that we take these words and beyond cramming them and reciting them, we actually do them and profit thereby. And that way, the earth is an inch closer every day to being the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. We thank you, Lord. As we finish this journey tonight through Romans 12, help us to see how practical this is and how that this is the color of our salvation. That this is the color of our believing. That if there's any such thing by which Christianity is known, this is the character of it. This is the dynamic of it. And we thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans 12 and 11. We start in verse 10. Let's go from verse 10 just as a recap. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor given preference to one another. Switch to the NLT. Verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That's what we left off last week, right? Okay. Verse 11. It doesn't even say don't be lazy in the NLT. It says never. Never be lazy. Never be lazy. Tell your neighbor, never be lazy. Tell the other one on the other side, never be lazy. Proverbs 19.15. This is in the gospel of Jesus did it all. 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 You will hungry and you will die. And you cannot be coming to us and crying to us to feed you every day when Jesus did it all. I'm just on my journey to becoming like Christ. I'm not Jesus. It wasn't me that did it all. And in your life, I can never did it all. Amen? So if you're in need, it's time for school fees. You don't go, oh, pav. No, 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 no. Time for a house rent. Pop. No, 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 no. Oh, church. No, 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 no. Jesus did it. All. Not Pav. Pav cannot did it all. Pav will did what he can did. Yeah. But not all. Because you are required to not be lazy. Proverbs 19. 15. Lazy people sleep soundly. 
But idleness leaves them hungry. Tell your neighbor, never be lazy. Somebody owed somebody, heard the gospel, went out and hustled for two days and paid his debt. That's the gospel. God is good. Lazy people sleep soundly. You slept at 10 p.m., 7 a.m., you are still sleeping. You didn't even wake up to do a wee. <laughs> Straight shift. Nine hours. The Lord didn't wake you up to read anything in scripture. You didn't wake up to pray. You, you, you lay you down and you slept. And you, and you are awake for the Lord. Sustain you. Hungry. We'll catch you. So you see why I say that believers, disciples, don't balance the word. They rightly divide it. The word is balanced. Can you balance it? The word is not imbalanced until you came. Can you imagine yourself? So you are are the one that is so powerful that the word of God was imbalanced until you now came with your small two cents. You now now and I'm balanced the world. Now the world is now standing on two legs because of you. The word by which the worlds were framed. Hebrews 11.3. Such that what I seen came from what was not seen. Now needs you that came from what was not seen. is now you that is now required. So now balance what brought you into existence. Can you see how deep the veil is? That veil is not lay so. It's velvet, corduroy, khaki, khaki mixed together. It's duvet. As Nigerians call it, quilt. No, the word doesn't need balance. The word is balanced. The word needs right dividing. So yes, you can sleep. Lay down and sleep and wake. And it's the Lord that sustained you. As he sustained you waking, hungry will kill you. That's the word rightly divided. Lazy people sleep soundly. How does the message put this verse for God's sake? Life collapses on loafers. Lazy bones go hungry. Say, never, never be lazy. NLT, Proverbs 22 and 13. Proverbs 22 and 13. We are still in Romans 12, 11, right? Proverbs 22, 13. The lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. Now give me the message. The loafer says there's a lion on the prowl, on the loose. If I go out, I'll be eaten alive. Proverbs 26.13, NLT, 26.13. The lazy person claims there is a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. 
You looked outside, I saw people running. Ah. I'm not going out today. Like the story I told of recently, just, just got really cold. When he said really cold, he came to just like eight degrees. It's not as cold as it used to be. Just used to be so cold. Students went on a mountain for a picnic and they froze to death. Oh yes, that's cold in Joss. Just used to be really cold, really cold. Cold that when it's raining, ice is falling. Literally, hailstones. Yeah, hailstones is falling, Joss. You wake up and you see the top of your car dented. Oh yes, in the 80s and 90s, early 90s. So lately it came back to about 8 degrees and a lot of people did not open shop. Schools, you, you didn't see it in the news? Schools didn't open. And it was too cold. Meanwhile, inside that cold is where somebody will quickly leave Joss and go to a bar. And go and buy every cardigan he can find. And by the next night boss, he's back in Joss. And cardigan that was 1.5. Was selling for three, five, four thousand in just in that season last year, November, December, and there was not enough winter clothes to go around. But people were sleeping. How about you fold your granite business for two weeks and dive into what is going to? Because I told you here when we're doing the Great Exchange, you swapped it. I said, you, 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 wealth is in the pro, is in, in, in the path of problem solving. Find a problem and fix it. If there's no problem, create one. Now God created a problem for you. God. In his almighty climateness. Do you understand? In the climatic control of God. He created a pro- <laughs> divine climacy. He created a problem for you. You now went to sleep. Because the problem is too cold. Stop selling akara and sell charcoal. A lazy bone sleeps soundly. Leave it for a minute. You are selling fine ice. And you realize that the thing, pack the fine ice, borrow a wheelbarrow, and sell tea. Yes. But you pack up and go to sleep because the weather has changed. It's not the kind of weather for my business. Who made it your business? Take another business and make it yours. But Nigerian believers are the condition to wait for divine supply from above. They're waiting for ravens to come and feed you. I forgot to say to you, get up, get up, promise, promise. There's a widow in an anti to feed you. <laughs> get up, get up, Samuel. Whether, whether that will be first Samuel or second Samuel, I do not know. Only God knows. Get up, order Samuel, go to the creek of Akbabuyo. We're waiting for divine acceleration. We're waiting for all the things they tell you on those stickers every year that never happen. Because they will not happen if you don't make them happen. God doesn't owe you nothing. He doesn't owe you anything. So you sow the seed, December 31st, crossover. All that you now are trusting God for that year is now inside seed. That you sow. You didn't plant the seed, though. You gave it in church. <laughs> because not when you plant a seed that you expect a harvest. You didn't sow it in the direction of the, exp- the harvest you expect to. Mm-hmm. You gave church. Now sit down. Waiting for God to now double it. Triple it in 40 days. And that's why no matter 
tell you that these things are a scam, you still invest in them. Because somehow you are believing that this one will not be like Twinkers. This one will not be like MMA. This one will not be like this one. This you, Somehow you are trusting that your case is different. <laughs> verse 14. See verse 14. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. Picture the door swinging. Squeeze. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. That's your life. For my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Squeeze, squeeze. And one day you wake up and realize you're old and your prime has passed you by. You did nothing because you were too proud to engage at your level. You're waiting for God to give you what you have not been processed for. For God to give you what you have not been processed for. Because you're not engaging. You're stuck in a dead-end job. You know your job is not taking you anywhere. And you are still there. You know that it's a dead-end. You know there's no prospects. What would man go do now? How do they say it in Nigeria? Uh, what's that word now? Yes. I told I told name bad pass. And you sit in your office and you see somebody coming to supply something to your office of hundreds of thousands every month. And you're the one that is signing the ledger to pay. You have not thought about opening the business to start supplying it. And you're a son of God. You're seeing people come and every time you're the one who's approving the deliveries, supply, even if it's just tissue or eggs or water or drinks. Disposables. It hasn't crossed your mind to register a business and start using Miss Logistics to supply it. Something's wrong with you. Are you trusting God for abundance? How is it going to come? There's no amount of all night you attend. No prayer point you raise that will bring to you wealth and riches if you don't work for it. I am not saying that God does not favor people. He does, but he doesn't reward a slothful man. Just reward slothfulness. That's not the gospel. You got to work. Mm-hmm. You got to work. We're not done. Verse 15. Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to the mouth. It's in your Bible. New King James. You put the, the spoon in the rice. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him. It's too much work. Oh, this, this, eat, this rice. How can I lift this rice to, to my mouth and even chew it? And unfortunately, this is the narrative of many believers. In the manner of speaking. You start something, it's just a little snag, you give up. You see, it's enemy, it's the weather, it's the climate. You start for one week or two weeks, the breeze is not moving, you now stop. That's you wearying. Because diligence means pushing something until it works. You push and push until it works. 
You force people that don't believe you to understand why they require your services. And it takes diligence to do that. It takes sticking at it long enough. It's one of the basics of any startup. The default response to a startup in Nigeria is resistance. The banks will resist you. They will rubbish your business plan. The people that are about to do you Ishiba loan and grant will tell you that you know, this thing is not going to work. Your family members will tell you that I'll go to go and look for a job or leave this thing. You're just going to waste your time. Your friends will not laugh at you and say, hey, 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 you know, it's business you want to enter. Of all people, business, you. Then your church members will collect the things you want to sell and not pay. So you encounter resistance and you pack up. If you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is small. You're not diligent enough. You have to keep at it until you convince the people that doubted you that they themselves actually do need what you have to offer. That's diligence. 16. Romans 12, 11. <laughs> the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Before I, before I speak on this, let's see how the message puts this. Dreamers fantasize their self-importance. They think they are smarter than a whole college faculty. Because <laughs> here's what happens with lazy people. They are the tightest, dopest analysts in any room. Can analyze how everything will not work. They don't need to try it. You don't need to try it. Just believe them when they are saying to you that it cannot work. In this calabar, nobody will buy it. That price, nobody will buy it. For this long, no, it's not happen. In this place, it's not possible. I know why. An uncle's stepbrothers, cousins, nephews, first daughters in law tried it. It didn't work. They came to my house the other day. Their house is always the bus stop for misfortune. Lazy people. It's like everybody comes to their house to tell them how they feel. Have you had talk with such people before? It's, just, it's as if they know everybody who failed. They haven't gotten that sense of whatever before. They just feel like everybody that didn't succeed, they know the person personally. They can chronicle for you why it didn't work. They're smarter than the whole college faculty. NLT. Lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. Let's go to Romans 10 and 11 in the NLT. Never be lazy, but work hard. 1 Thessalonians 4, is it 12? It's funny, I might probably just stay in this verse 11 for today. 1 Thessalonians 4, 12. Go back to 11, I think it's 11. Yeah, 11. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. Minding or paying attention or cultivating your own business and working with your hands. Go back to how the verse starts. What is that first line? Make it your goal. Your heart should be set on living a quiet life and paying attention to your own business. New King James. That you also aspire. You know what that means, right? To lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. And then, next one, and to work with your own hands. 
And this is the gospel. If you believe that you are saved by grace through faith, not of works is the gift of God. The person that sold that to you that you bought is the same person that is telling you walk with your hands and mind your business. You cannot believe him on one front and disbelieve him on another. You can't accept what Paul says on this hand and then on their hand. No, Paul doesn't know what he's saying. So you see why I said the gospel is a complete package? This is what it brings you into. The idea is that as a son of God, you have advantage to prosper. Does that make sense? Not that you come into a dubious way of making money. Sonship is not sit down and God will open the windows of heaven. You don't need to do anything, just believe. Work with your own hands. Our old parents will say, find something doing. <laughs> Has anybody heard that before? Find something doing. Tell your neighbor, find something doing. And keep at it until it works. Here's why you should walk with your own hands. See verse 12. The reason why you should mind your business and walk with your own hands is that you may walk properly towards those who go on are outside and that you may lack nothing. NLT. Verse 12. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Mind your business, walk with your own hands. Now, depending on others is, is totally different, of course, from enjoying the goodwill of others. But you're not living by the goodwill of others. You're meant to live by working with your own hands. You get it? Okay, back to verse 11. Romans 12, 11. Walk hard. Have we addressed that? And the next one is, and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Message. Don't get burned out. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Go back to the amplified. We have the amplified, right? Let's see the amplified. Never lagging behind in diligence. A glow, I like that, in the spirit. Enthusiastically serving the Lord. What does it mean to serve the Lord enthusiastically? Yeah, interest, yeah. Passion. Diligence, yeah. Zealously, yes. Fervently. What other leads are they? Passionately. Sorry? Deliberately. How about excitedly? Eagerly. Enthusiastic about something means you are ever ready to do anything that has to do with it. Once the need shows up, the need showing up meets a ready vessel, ready servant. And a lot of us serve, but we're not serving enthusiastically. We're not serving excitedly. Sometimes we're serving with either an expectation of what is in it for us, or how we expect to be seen, or how we expect it to register before who we're doing it with, or for, or by. Or just because they said we should do, let me not be the one that refused to do it. That's even worse. You know, people are doing stuff, they don't really want to do it. But let, let it be said that when they were packing chairs, me too, I packed chairs, let me not be the one that didn't pack, now I look like the bad sheep. You are the bad sheep, you just don't look like it because you succeeded in deceiving yourself. Because by the time you say, let me not look like the bad sheep, you are the bad sheep. So what you're trying to do now is just to cover the look of the bad sheep by spraying perfume, 
and white paint on your, on your wolfness. Does that make sense? Yes. You're the bad sheep. You're just trying to not look like it. So, and, and, and personally, I have, I take exception to people that serve without excitement. Because then, why are you there? Why are you there? You show up like you don't want to show up. You show up like you were forced, like you were beaten. They have to wind you to wear a smile. In, among the brethren. Among the brethren. Not in your class in Unical. Not in the exam hall at Kutek. Not in the bank. Not in the airport when your flight has been, just been cancelled. You have to also fly out from Calabar and they say your flight is at the same time from Uyo. And you now start running to get, to get to Uyo. David when house of God was just a tent with small glory in the ark. Said I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You now are here in the fullness of glory. And you can walk into a meeting with a straight face like a goat that was struck down four days ago on the road. You know how still meat is? And you expect the whole church to stand still because you had a rough day. Excuse me, the church is bigger than your rough day. Yes, Must learn not to pamper mediocrity. We love you, but we expect you to grow at a certain point. Yes. The gathering of the saints has more energy than your rough day. Has more spirit. Has more vibe than the kind of day you've had. In fact, the highlight of your day is ending it gathered with us. Yes. Not coming to infect us with your nonsense. We look at you and we know you have not eaten in two hours. Two hours, two hours. Because if it, at, the rate, at this rate you're going, if you, have, if you have gone for two days without eating, you'll not even show up. We'll be dead. But serving the Lord how? Enthusiastically. You see something is out of place. You, do, you always have an eagerness to do good. That's the life of a son of God. That's the life of a believer. You don't need to be told how much more twice to do something. You sense that something's out of place. You pick it. You clean it. You give to it. You hear that there's a need. You meet it joyfully. Can somebody say joyfully? joyfully. Say joyfully. joyfully. Say joyfully. 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 Excitedly. Counting it joy is a privilege to meet a need in the house. It's a thing of joy. It's not a thing of pride. It's a thing of joy. Your heart is always where our work is. There's a meeting. Something is going to precede that meeting. Who is thinking about it? That's service. That's enthusiasm. That's interest. Right? Sweeping is going to precede that meeting. Arranging, lifting, giving, cooking, procuring, water. Do you understand? Arranging, tidying, praying, inviting. Something precedes a meeting, a gathering of the church. Serving the Lord how? Enthusiastically, with excitement in your heart. Constantly eager to do what the Lord will have us do. We will continue from here next week. Is that okay? I don't want to rush this. It's just a journey through Romans 12. But, but it's a lot. There's a lot and it's very, very practical. Very practical. So we'll leave it at that for today. Never be lazy. 
but working with your hands and serving the Lord excitedly. You should be glad. You should be, you should be bouncing off walls when it has to do with something that the Lord will have us do. That's when we are growing as sons. That's when we are growing as sons. That's when we are growing as a healthy church where we look forward to our gatherings. Where you're coming in and you, you are excited about it, genuinely. And they're not just excited about it as per your WhatsApp post or Facebook post, but by your physical appearance and by the spirit you bring when you show up. Because if every time you show up in the gathering of the saints, you show up as a welfare case, you're not helping our edification. Do you understand what I just said? Every time you show up, you show up like, oh, please, somebody hug me, I had a rough day. In fact, somebody don't even touch me. They even greet me. If I let me keep a straight face, so nobody will look at me and greet me. You should be able to pull yourself together and draw grace because you're coming around saints. That's not, that's not to suggest that you pretend, but that you find excitement in your spirit that surpasses the heaviness in your mind and body. Did you hear what I said? Find excitement in your spirit that overrides the heaviness in your mind and your body. Because eventually these two have to defer to your spirit. They have to. So if you, if you showed up in a meeting of the church and it was your mind that was leading, you're out of line. If you showed up in a meeting of the church and your body is leading, you're out of line. It's your spirit that should lead. Even if you're sleepy. Be excitedly sleepy. I'm serious. So by the time you come here and you teach from 10 p.m. by 3 p.m., 4 p.m., your body is ministering to you. It's not physical strength. It's not physical strength and it's not experience. It's grace and it's my level of excitedness. My excitement, my enthusiasm for what I'm called to do. That will drive All you need to do is get me teaching. Drag me from a wheelchair. From, just drag me to teach. I will teach. I will, I will sing. I will lead worship. With my zero voice, I will lead worship. And there will still be such a great presence. It's enthusiasm. So don't think that we are not beat. Don't think that life doesn't happen to us. I wish you knew. I wish you knew. But we continue in steadfastness. Go to verse 12. Can we take verse 12? Go to verse 12. Even if we just touch it. Touch verse 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. See what he says there. Paul tells them. Be patient in trouble. That means in this your new creation reality journey, there's trouble with your name on it. Yes, sir. If you like, sing all you want. No matter what I face, when success comes my way, I will change the lyrics of the song. No problem. Changing the lyrics does not change the reality. Yes, trouble will come your way. Let's see what you sing then. You know that song, right? No matter what I face, when success comes my way, I will... You are dreaming. Because changing the lyrics does not change the reality. Why will James have said, count it all joy when you go through? It doesn't say if you go through. When? So there is a when. It's just a matter of when is your when. <laughs> Do you understand? It's a matter of when your when is. Hmm? But your when will come. It's just a matter of when. Be patient in trouble. New King James. 
We're going to finish this. Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, patient in tribulation. Take it back. Patient in what is tribulation? Troubles. What does the message say? Problems. Cheerful expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Patient in tribulation. Patient in troubles. Hear what Jesus tells them. In this world, he says, you will have many troubles. He then gives them the character for trouble. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So troubles will come. It's not the troubles that's the issue. It's your character in the trouble. And that determines how you go through it. Because your attitude in tribulation is part of patience having its full work. Count it all joy when you go through diverse testings, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Therefore, let patience have its full work. How does patience have its full work? By you counting it all joy. Because if you're going through something and you're not counting it all joy, you are elongating the testing of your patience. Look at the scripture exegetically. Count it all joy when you go through James 1.3. Diverse tempt, tempt, trials and temptations knowing that the testing of your faith worketh patience. Therefore, allow patience to work so that you'll be complete lacking. How do you allow patience to work? How does patience work? By you counting all joy when you are going through trials. By the understanding that the the trial you're going through is the testing of your patience. Count it all joy. Be of good cheer. Being thankful always. Giving thanks to the Father in all things. Not necessarily for all things. But in. Even what you don't want to be thankful for. You have to be thankful in. Father, I thank you for the death of your father. You sound like you're the one that killed him. You sound like you're waiting for him to die so you can inherit him. Father, I thank you so much for my father's death. No. <laughs> but in the death of my father, I thank you. Because even in his death, you are glorified. Does that make sense? That's the attitude of going through trouble. Be of good cheer. After the chastising of the Lord, the guy was praying and had sackcloth and ashes. The boy died. David had a bath and changed his clothes. Had a bath and changed his clothes. And he moved on. But believers built altars around their misfortune. 40 days, 60 days, 100 days, one year. And you never move on. You just stay around it. But we are of good cheer. Because there's trouble. There's many troubles. But the Lord delivers him from them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him from them all. He went through his afflictions. The Lord delivered him from them all. He carried his cross. And he says to follow him you must carry your own. And the cross is asking you to carry. It's not the cross for sin and salvation. It's for service and responsibility. 
in tribulation with persecutions. Are you hearing me? Be patient in trouble. Patient. Go through it. Because it's producing perseverance. That's the attitude of a son of God. We don't start to beef God. In all things, God. Purpose in your pain. Don't start to beef. No. We're thankful. We're thankful. Imagine Paul saying that the great and effectual door has been opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. Can you imagine Paul's reality? That he spent more time in prison than a free man. Yes. And yet, he was thankful and joyful. Bound with fetters. Flogged how many times? Jesus got it once. Paul got it three times. The 40 minus one. So Paul was flogged more than Jesus. Just that the flogging of Jesus had more consequence than the flogging of Paul. But that 40 minus one, Paul got it three times. It's there in his, in his account. He went through so much. He was a physically mangled man. Walked with a limp. When he bear upon me the marks of Christ, they were physical scars. The guy was beat for the gospel. And he still gets up and says, woe is me if I don't preach this gospel. For necessity is laid upon me. He gets up and shouts, in prison, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. Paul was so proud of the gospel, he will introduce himself as a prisoner for the gospel. A bond servant. Bond servant was not metaphoric, he was literal. The guy was in chains. For whom I'm a prisoner in chains. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean that Christ saves us to become prisoners. People have preached it like that. That we have been saved to become bond servants. No, how can we be saved to become bond servants when we were formerly children of the bond servant? Galatians 4, two covenants, Ishmael and Isaac, remember? Yeah. Children of the born servant, children of the free woman. So we couldn't have been saved from the born servant into the free woman to now become ourselves born servants. He was physically in chain all the time, beat, shipwrecked, pressed, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, pressed but not crushed, secuted, not abandoned, struck down, not destroyed. Can you imagine that? That's the mentality of a believer. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. Your joy is not a function of what happens around you. It's what happened in you that informs your joy. And Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the attitude of a believer. You don't start to sulk because you're going through a hard time. You count a hard time as an opportunity for you to show that you can be grateful, you can be cheerful. You are homeless for a brief moment, so we can't hear a word anymore. You can't continue in school because no one is there to pay your school fees. We can't hear what anymore. Somebody broke up with you. We can't hear what anymore. Is that all there is to your sonship? Material dividends? If that's what you're showing, then the enemy will mess with everything around you if it guarantees that he can touch you. Because he's not interested in whatever you have until the time you now put emphasis on it. Do you understand? So by the ones that teach the, de the devil what he should come to touch. Otherwise he wouldn't know. But we are clenching something so tightly, he knows that's what I'm going to come for. Because in touching that, I will get to you. But we are thankful in all things. Because that's what grace has called us into. That's the attitude of a believer who has believed the gospel. Verse 11 and 12 in the New King James as we close. Romans 12, 11 and 12. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent 
in spirit. Serving the Lord. 12. Rejoicing in hope. Patient tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. We'll pick up from there next time. Do you get anything tonight? Is your attitude changing gradually? Your attitude is being reformed to know what is expected of us as believers. Those who have been saved and sanctified. This is our attitude. Our attitude is that of service and diligence. Of rejoicing in prayer. Rejoicing in tribulation. Rejoicing in in hard times. Working hard. Not being lazy. Not sleeping too soundly. Does the Lord not give his beloved sleep? So when the Lord gives me sleep, whenever the Lord gives me sleep, I will sleep. 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 Or wake up and do something. And there is always something you can do. I spoke a few Sundays ago in in KPM and I I spoke to them on what I titled, Nobody Has Nothing. Nobody Has Nothing. There's something you can do and keep doing until it works. They defraud you, do it again. That's how you learn. You lose your capital, do it again. Try again. Cut down your expenses. I was speaking to a young man a few days ago and I told him, until you get to the point where your entire life takes on the shape of your vision, you have not started living life. Your entire life, your marriage, your expenditures, your your frivolities, your indulgences, your necessities. Everything is shaped by your vision. Everything is in line with where you're going. Your expenditures. Everything is a function of where you're going. Before you buy this thing, you think of what value it adds to where God is taking you. And then you will invest it in where God is taking you instead. And then wear less shoes for a few moments. Use a less smashy phone, flashy phone for a brief moment. Eat less chicken for a brief moment. Eat less generally for a brief moment. Go out less for a brief moment. For some of us, eating is too much waste of time. I'm serious. That's why I struggle with eating. You sit down. Just there. Just eating. Just eating. And you're burning daylight. Your brain is working. Your brain can't shut down. You are choking on your food. Am I the only one this happens to? Eating. What's that? I wish you could just tear my tummy open. Stick the food in there and let life go on. Jesus said I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. Night comes when no man can work. And you see that? That's the only time we watch TV. What am I eating? Your entire life is colored by what you are chasing after. That's when you're serious. And then you wake up one day and realize how far you've gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want to start something, start it. You want to start buying makeup, start buying the nail polish. You can afford that one today. If you spend less on data, less on phone calls, you can buy it today. And then start to add to it. There's something about when you start something that ensures you can't stop. If it's something you have an interest in, once you start, you can't stop. You become like a bull in a china shop. You keep going at it until you get there. That's when your heart is diligent. That's diligence. You're doing something with all your heart. Pursuing it. Adding value to yourself. What, when is the next step? What's the next thing I need to do? I'm mixing something in the studio and I'm constantly reading something about what I'm mixing online. 
constantly opening pages, constantly checking YouTube tutorials, constantly balancing stuff out, and constantly being excited about my job. That's what keeps me one edge ahead. It's diligence. You know me, this is the way I do it. This is the way I was taught. No, the world is changing. So be diligent in your application so that others can see the way you live your life and it gives glory to God. Can we give God praise tonight? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.